Yes, people, welcome back to Albert J TV, another episode of Albert Talks Podcast. Before we get into it, let's hit the intro. Yes, people, Albert JTV is back yet again. Guys, it's been a while. Um, I personally, as I said to many of you people before, uh, with Arsenal, I need a break from this team, this football club, the manager, the hierarchy. Um, <laughs> but guys, before we get into it, you should know what to do by now. Yes, people, and there you have it. Smash the like button if you haven't already. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't. If you're new to the channel, welcome to Albert J TV. I will put this on my IGTV on Instagram, and I will also put this on my to my audio listeners on Spotify and Anchor. People in the chat, please let me know if you can hear me in terms of any technical issues. Hopefully, you can hear me, guys. So just drop in the chat. When you do come to the live stream, um, it's been a while since I've done a, a, a live Q and A. It's been a while since I've actually done Albert Talks podcast, man. Um, I sort of quickly was trying to look before the last time to see when I actually did one, but it's been it's been a while. Um, guys, drop in the chat. Like I said, smash the like button already. You can see my Instagram and Twitter accounts along the bottom. Um, thanks for the support so far. But yeah. From the beginning of the stream, I was saying um, that it's been a while since I've done um, any content on my channel. You might have seen me pop up on other people's channels, but um, like I said, man, Arsenal, it's been not just last season, the last few years, to be honest with you, um, before Arteta's reign, it's not been enjoyable as an Arsenal fan. Um, I probably speak for a lot. I definitely speak for myself. Um, and actually, my last content I think I did in terms of my channel was the away game to Newcastle in the Premier League. We won 2 0, which was before the second leg against Villarreal. Um, and even then, when I did the stream, big up Guna Souls and Jess that came on that day, um, I was really, really struggling um, as a content creator to think, you know what? We're at the stage of the season that we're at already. What on earth can I talk about with Arsenal anymore? I'm just tired of this club. As I said, I'm tired of the team. I'm tired of Arteta's press conferences. Um, in terms of transfer talk, let me quickly touch on that. I'll come to the guys in the chat in a minute. Big up yourself in the chat. Say hello, man. Um, let me know where you're at, where you're from, what you're doing right now. With transfer talk, when I did um, YouTube, um, it'll be a year next week. I'll start my YouTube channel. I think it was June the 9th. Um, when it came to transfer talk aspects, I wasn't really sold on doing it. I did transfer talk content, don't get me wrong, but um, I just, it, it, it's, 
it's probably one of the pieces of content creating you do that actually takes up quite a lot of time because the transfer talk is ongoing. It's ongoing. It's ongoing throughout the season. And obviously when it comes to the points of actually transfer windows, then it's really full on. Um, names flying left, right and centre. You know, if it's not Fabrizio Romano, it's Chris Wheatley. If it's not Chris Wheatley, it's David Ornstein. Um, if it's not those guys, it's the people who've got Twitter accounts who want to fly out the first name. Um, so, yeah, man, it, it's tough. But let me go to the chat quickly. Yes, Scott Red Cannon, people. Go and check out Scott's channel, man. He's doing big things, man. Scott, fair play to the technical side of it, man, the um, digital work kit. Aesthetically pleasing, it looks amazing, bro. Um, you, I know you've put in the work to that before, sort of really homing in on the um sort of content side of it. But yeah, big up to you, man. Like I might get there one day with um <laughs> with the technical side of it. Uh, what's it called again? I can't know what the thing's called now. Is it OBS? Is it? Yeah, it's it's tricky, man. So fair play to you, man. And the guys actually do it. But big up to you in the channel, man. And yeah, we we will collab eventually. I can't believe we missed each other at the last protest. We literally must have been standing right next to each other because we was literally where I was. I thought, I don't not spot this guy, man. But I think, you know, where we haven't actually physically met each other, if we'd have, spot, if we'd have seen each other like quite a few times, then maybe we would have kind of bumped each other, but never mind, man. Big up, Scott, man. Go and subscribe to Red Callum, man. Yes. Cornwall besties in the chat. Go on, G. G, massive shout out to you for the, um, Lottie, if you're watching, Jessino, my sister from the States. Stateside YouTube streets. Um, yeah, big show yesterday on Canon Chat ch um, channel. So, um, big up to you, Jess, Georgina, and Lottie. Um, good stuff, man. Good, good debate. None of this two in a throw in and six or seven man on a live stream talking all over each other. That's what I like to see. Um, but guys, yeah, drop your questions in. I will talk about certain things. I'll take, I will tailor my answers to probably the questions I may get. So, um, just drop your questions in. I'll sort of kind of structurally do it, sort of talk about Arsenal first, and then I will come on to England and my thoughts because people said to me in like a few weeks that I haven't sort of spoken about Arsenal season um, and my thoughts on it. Um, and I wasn't pointing it off. So to my subscribers, don't think I'm neglecting you because I'm not. But you know what? I've said to you guys before, I've things outside of YouTube life, you know, trying to move home still, um made redundant but i've got a new job now so hopefully things are sort of going the right direction now so no um yeah so trying to get content in and obviously i've been preparing for content for the euros um which is coming up very soon yes rome my younger brother from another mother my guy man uh looking forward to working with you again man it's been too long rowan way too long and here's my guy man law supporter dwtt Gary's in the house. Gary, I will be in touch very, very soon because I need to get you on during this content over doing the Euros. Um, so, yeah, I've got a sort of a big timetable of, um, you know, moving people around and seeing who's free. And you guys, I know I'm going to get you guys on in the chat already at some point because um, I'd love to get your input, um, not just about England, but just, you know, the tournament as a whole, the underdogs, the... What's the word? They, what's that word they call it again? Not underdogs. Another word for it. Um, your wild cards are to win the tournament or your favourites, whatever. But we'll get to that come um, my era preview show of my co-host who's joining me, Guna Souls. But yeah, guys, man. Um, I sort of want to start with... 
um, a lot of the talk that's gone around in regards to the certain man I'll bring up on my screen. Luis Campos. Um, as you guys may know already, sporting director who comes with a big billing. Um, regarded as one of the top three or four by Fabrizio Romano. Um, sporting directors out there. Regarded as a transfer specialist. Um, was the sporting director at Lille uh, up until December 2020. I think he left. Um, also, he was involved in the deals in regards to Nicolas Pepe and the likes of Bernardo Silva and the, like, and the likes of Anthony Martial. Um, I know he previously worked under Jose Mourinho at Real Madrid. And also, he was part of the Monaco recruitment team, um, which in, involved the likes of deals with Thomas Lamar and Benjamin Mendy and getting, you know, getting people at a cut price, small price, and then moving them on to get the getting bigger money and bigger fees. So this guy obviously is the real deal. And um when someone like this of this caliber is available, then you'll be crazy not to look at him, particularly with Arsenal when it comes to Arsenal's recruitment issues in inverted commas over the years. Obviously, Francis Kagigal left. Um, Edu talks a lot about stat DNA. Um, he also talks about wanting to work with the people that he wants to. Um, but yeah, Luis Campos, um, I think it's pretty clear from what I can kind of read it between the lines and from what I've heard and what I've read that he will make his decision in the next few weeks um, what his next move is. But off the rumour mill, and I use the rumour mill, rumour mill word very, very strongly, uh, Real Madrid are the favourites to get this guy. Um, and from what I kind of hear is that even if he did come to Arsenal, there is no sort of thing at Arsenal to say that Edu will be moved on. Um, is that a good or a bad thing? Who knows? Who knows at all? But um, yeah, Campos comes with a big billion. I think the only thing for me with this is we've sort of been down this road before in terms of you guys remember when in Emery's, I think it was, I can't remember if it was either Emery's first season or second season where we was linked with another top, top sporting director, technical director, whatever you want to put it, in Monchi, who has the same credentials as Luis Campos, in my opinion. Um, another guy who's, you know, brokered some brilliant deals, you know, getting players, at, I'm talking about Monchi here, getting snippet players like Ivan Rakitic for two and a half million all them years ago in 2011, and the likes of Dani Alves and Seydou Keita, you know, and then moving them on for even bigger money. Um you know, Monchi was touted around, um, I think the time he was at Roma, I believe he was, but work miracles first year, the first time in asking in Seville. I think this was early 2000s. Um, and we never got him. <laughs> so, again, with Rumour Mill, um, I'll watch this space for this one. Um, I'm not going to do X amount of coverage and pumping out content about Luis Campos because there's not much to say. Um, the guy is obviously very good at what he does. He's very sought after. Um, he's made, he's, he's done some unbelievable deals. And Arsenal, to be honest, let's, let's be fair, they need all the help they can get, really, because 
like I said many times on my channel through the content throughout the season or throughout last season, I've never known a big football club to operate in a way where you have a you have a manager, a technical director, and um, a chief executive who all who are all inexperienced in their roles. That's unheard of. And for me, I come from a retail background, fashion retail, and from a management side of it, they always used to they always used to say a famous saying. Sometimes you're set up to fail. And whether you like Mikel Arteta or not, he was never going to succeed with this group of players, man, or to meet the the objectives that the Arsenal board have put on him. Um, let's go to the people in the chat quickly. Scott, my bro, what was your highlight of the season? Goal, game, moment, anything? Think hard. Think hard. Let me get. Let me take my paracetamol. I've got a drink beside me. Then I'll answer the question afterwards, Scott. <laughs> Um, the highlight of the season for me personally, and there wasn't many, um, was the emergence of ESR. Saka obviously broke through under Emery, but he's been a godsend this season. The youngsters have been a brilliant. The small, the snippets we the Martin, the snippets we seen the Martinelli. Gabriel started his Arsenal career pretty decent. Um, but yeah, for me, Scott, I'll be honest with you. People are gonna think I'm being biased. Obviously, the Nigerian connection, Bukayo Saka. And you know, plays for England, but he's been the highlight of the season for me. Um, goal, oh god, you know what? I would say the moment was what I would say probably that 20 minute burst against Slavia Prague, we blew him away. Um, there's not been many fantastic performances this season. People might mention Chelsea at home in on Boxing Day in the Premier League, some people might mention a complete performance against Southampton away in the league, um, which I thought I arguably thought was our best performance of the season. But for me, yeah, that 20-minute burst against um, Slavia Prague was pretty decent. Um, yeah, hopefully that answers your question, Scott. Good question, man. Loaded question. Jesus. This is what a Q&A is for. Big up Russ in the chat, my guy, man. Russ, I haven't forgotten about you. Again, you're someone I need to definitely squeeze in over this Euro period. Let me know when you're free, mate. We'll talk privately. Um, hello, hello. <laughs> All right, guys. Big up Robin in the chat. Another um, great supporter of the channel. Yes, Keith. Keith, getting you on soon, mate. Big up Keith as well. People, go and subscribe to Keith's channel. Keith has got a channel now at Mostly Arsenal. And before anyone says anything, yes, I have subscribed to Keith's channel. Keith, if I haven't, tell me privately, but I'm sure I did. Um, I think there's some serious corruption going on at Arsenal. We saw it with Raul and Pepe money. Seen it with Williams agent links. Yeah, mate. Robbie, no, I just kind of, I don't know how much you've seen in the show, but I kind of, with this talk about Lewis Campos, I don't get too bogged down with it um, because you know what it is, mate? There's a lot of other YouTube channels that are going to talk about this. So, yes, I can have my opinion, which is what I'm doing now in the live Q&A. Like I said, my last live stream content was when we played Newcastle um, away in the Premier League. That's quite a while ago now. Um, I just, I was just drained, Robin, of this Arsenal team, man. Seriously. Just couldn't find it within me to sort of do content. But, um, mate, it's mad. But with the Campos thing, mate, if we get him, fantastic. But from what I understand, if he comes in, Edu's not going to be moved on. But then I go back to the Sinelli thing where Sinelli came with a good rep. People said, you know what? We've got someone who knows what they're doing. Um, Miss Lentat lasted five minutes and said, you know what? I'm not having this. You know what I mean? I've come here. To, I've been brought here to do a job and I'm being restricted different ideas of people who with what people what type of profile of players should come into Arsenal. Mislintat went, 
Sinelli went for different reasons, as we probably know about. Um, so, listen, with the Campos thing, if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, I'm not going to sit here exactly um, break out the Kleenex. Um, that's, that's what we're saying here. Dorsey. Um, yeah, I'd class after five o'clock this evening, personally, mate. Go on, Dorsey, in the chat. Yeah, Chiquita, there's a half. Thanks, bro. And yes, you were one, one of the first. Cheers, mate. Yeah, mate. Thank you, Keith. Of course, man. You got. Of course, I'm going to support you, bro. So, my, sorry, my point is more about Edu and what you and what you said about the structure. Uh, no, no, no worries, man. No worries. Um, like I said, Edu mentions about the stat DNA thing and wanting to work with people that he wants to work with. So, um, let's just say. Um, if you're going to say that kind of statement, which was obviously quite a while ago when he said that, I wouldn't have thought, or maybe Edu has come up with this thought, you know what, bring in Campos, who knows? Um, personally, I doubt it. Um, but yeah, guys, um, sort of talking, moving on to, um, who do I want to talk about now? You know, we'll, we'll talk about Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, obviously, there's rumours of interest, um, of Aston Villa being interested in there's also rumours of Arsenal sort of tying him down to a longer-term contract. I believe Emil Smith-Rowe has two years remaining. Um, I think he finished the season with four goals and seven assists. I do think he can add more goals to his game. That is not a bad thing to say because we've said for years as Arsenal fans, we need more players contributing goals um, in this team. It can't be reliant on one or two people. Um, so it's... Um, it's mad, man. Um, I, I, I can't listen. Emil Smith Rowe, you know, I can't see him going to Villa. Let's be. I mean, again, this is I'm I'm dealing with transfer rumor. I, I can't see that happening. Personally, I think he's going to stay. He's got two years left in his contract. I think. I think it's just a matter of time. If Richard Garlick has got the CV that he's got, then this should be this should be plain sailing enough to get this over the line with Emil Smith Rowe. That's that's what I'll kind of say about that. Um, I'll quickly go into the chat before I move on to my next one. I'm going to talk about... God, the chat's kind of lively, man. Let me keep up. No, like I said, I read that one already. Pretty sports was lads and then out, but yeah, cheers, bruv. Sideline Talk, po talk, sideline talk Podcast. Guys, go and subscribe to their channel. Um, good work, man. Absolutely. We did. We will collab at some point. Um, I always say to people, when it comes to collaborations, um, you guys will be aware of that. We've got channels in the chat and people are going to be watching this on the rerun or listening to this on audio. Um, it's just timing, it's just timing. Um, people have lives outside of YouTube and football, that's how it is. Kids work, um, some people's cases, and a girlfriend, um, wife, whatever. Man, um, we've got lives to lead, man. So sometimes it's just a case of timing, that's all it is. Oh, I was gonna touch that last doorsy, but I'm gonna talk about it now. Um, good question. What are your thoughts on the England squad? Um, Actually, Dorsey, no, I'm going to hold tight with that, Dorsey. Hopefully, you'll stay with me with um, the whole stream. But I'm going to come to that. I was going to quickly rattle through um, the next point about Arsenal in terms of the Arsenal season review. Because people have asked me, and I've not really said anything. I've been on a couple of people's channels. I've had people ask me to come on. But again, like I said, life outside the YouTube world and just being drained um, of talking about Arsenal. I used to be, I used to have a darker skin colour, man, trust me, but um, Arsenal just drained it out of me. And maybe it's the LED light in front of me, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, oh, man, Doors, I'm going to answer that definitely quick because I will touch upon that, mate. 
Um, but yeah, Arsenal season. Um, guys, honestly, let me try and break it down as best as I can. Um, two back-to-back seasons in the Premier League, we finished eighth. The only difference is um, last season is that we have got no European football. The season before that, we got the FA Cup. Um, but what I say to people, and people might not re- probably forget this, but the reason why we finished eighth in Mikel Arteta's first season was because we beat Watford on the last game of the season and results went our way. Otherwise, we would have finished 10th. People forget that. Um, and again, obviously, 8th this season. I mean, I think we lost the most amount of home games in a league campaign since the start of the Premier League. So we're talking, what, 92-93? Um, the amount of games we lost this season, I mean, I've never seen it before like that in, in my life of Arsenal. Um, I think the only teams we've done a double over in the Premier League were Sheffield United, um, Chelsea, if you take Chelsea out of it, Sheffield United, Newcastle, West Brom. And that was it, I think. I mean, that's above, you know, above anything else. That's still not good enough. And this is what I say to people. With people say, for example, and this isn't about whether you like Arteta or not. Like, let me just make this very, very clear. People say, oh, but, you know, Arteta had COVID and the COVID restrictions and the money not being spent and injuries. That applies to every club. I would even argue some other clubs had injuries a lot worse than we did this season. Go and ask Liverpool. Three first-choice centre-backs out for the entire season. Um, But if you strip everything away, strip everything back, Arsenal season was very poor. Very poor. Even if you take away the league finish and you just want to talk about the style of football and what you were seeing with your own two eyes, I always say the acid test is you can sit here and bring out pie charts, you can bring out graphics, you can bring out heat maps. Look at our league finish. Look at the football you was watching. It wasn't enjoyable. Let's be honest, right? Even if I look at our Europa League campaign, other than the 20-minute spell, against Slavia Prague, we blew them away. That that European campaign was painful to watch. You know, Arteta's team selections, certain players being in for a few games and then being then they're being out or they're being rested. Um, it was just a really frustrating season on many, many aspects. Um, and one thing I always say about the season is what progression did you see? Because I saw very little, if any. Got, look, it, and, and there wasn't any progression. That's that's the thing. Like, I'm not so much about... People used to ask me sort of pre-Christmas, are oh, you Arteta in, Arteta out, tweeting, DMing, uh, DMing, DMing me. Oh, that's kind of said. That's a tongue twister. And I said to him, look, football's a results business, right? Um, If you don't get the results, by and large... Um, irrespective of where you are, whether you're a top flight club, middle of the table, bottom end of the table, don't get results, you get sacked, you get moved on. Um, that didn't happen, Varteta, even with that dreadful run for about two and a half months. And then we got the Boxing Day win finally against Chelsea, and then we beat um, Brighton away three days later, where Basuma played brilliant, by the way, for Brighton. 
um, again, who we're linked with. But yeah, I've just, um, I said it about two, three months ago, and I've been, I've publicly said it quite a few times and privately. I wanted the season to be over from ages ago. Um, and that's even when we was in Europe. I, I was just, I feel, and people can not like what I say or like what I say, completely up to them. Um, in terms of the fan base, and I always use the keyword sections because it's not everybody and I can't speak for everyone. I'm going to speak for myself. We've turned into we've turned into sentiment FC. I, I I question whether some people actually want the best for Arsenal Football Club, or do you want the best for your individual players that you like? Because those are two separate things. And I saw a lot of that this season with a lot of the interaction on Twitter, especially. I mean, Jesus Christ, um, Instagram and and obviously YouTube content on channels that I do watch. I'm like. This is draining. Um, but yeah, and any other manager, I think, would have got the sack. Um, but I think a lot of Arsenal fans probably realised that there would have to be extreme circumstances for Mikel Arteta to get sacked, and that would be being in the bottom three. And it shouldn't take that for a size of Arsenal, a club the size of Arsenal, for you to realise you need to be the manager and to be in the bottom three. I mean, that's crazy talk. But it was pretty obvious for quite a long time he wasn't going to be moved on. Um, but with the no European football, madness. Um, so, guys, that's my thoughts on the season, man, I'll be honest. But let me come to the chat because I don't, I don't neg neglect you guys, man. Um, Sideline Talk Podcast, we'll have a good midfield. So, ESR, so just another great piece to a good puzzle. You surprised the rooms are true. I'll be very surprised. Drew. I don't think I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it happen. ESR ceilings is... is Incalculable. I've got a good word, Robin. Robin, you can say that for me. The whole rest of the thing is just fans being bored. Yep. Liam in the chat. Anything else? Big up, Liam. Much respect, bro. Um, good. Bear people in the chat, bro. Damn. Poor season, mate. Five out of ten, and I'm being generous. Yeah, you are, mate. Um, poor season. Two years running without two years running without a run of form at any point in the league. Why is it at Arsenal Football Club? This is allowed to happen. And this is why, and, and people wonder why the Arsenal fan base is fractious. We're fractious, we're a fractious fan base anyway. You guys who have got YouTube channels or even if you just got social media accounts, you will see it. So being a fractured fan base is not going to help when you see the likes of Leicester picking up the FA Cup and you see um is it Calhoun the um the the um owner of Leicester City come down onto the pitch, be embraced by the Leicester players and, and Brendan Rogers, and they lift the FA Cup. You see Thomas Tuchel win the Champions League at Chelsea. Man City win the league. Liverpool, even with the season they have had, guys, still got top four football. And then there's us. Languishing in eighth. I mean, for example, no disrespect to West Ham. West Ham have had a fantastic season, right? West Ham have finished above Arsenal for the first time, I think I was told, in over 35 plus years. West Ham United. Wow, um, I, I don't, I, I'm it's speechless. Um, yeah, Shane's in the chat now, so don't worry, Shane, you ain't missed much, mate. Big up to people in the chat, guys. If you haven't already, smash the like button. I have no no idea how many people um are watching, but you know what? For the people that are watching, big up to you and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Cheers, man. Um, so yeah, that's my thoughts on Arsenal season, man. I that's listen, I could have got this out ages ago, but 
I sat down, guys. I just thought, you know what? I've just been drugged with so much stuff about Arsenal and swearing it on people talking about this Arsenal season on different YouTube channels and you saw the Twitter debates flying around and I was like, oh my God, um, I need a break. So this is kind of really the first time I've spoken about it. It's sort of on my channel about Arsenal season, but yeah. Um, I, you know what it was sometimes? It's mad because you guys probably sympathise with me in the chat that you know things about an Arsenal on and off the pitch. You know they're bad, right? And have been for a long time. But sometimes you kind of you kind of have like a like a two or three minute period to yourself where you think, you know what? And you're thinking about Arsenal, you're saying to yourself, we are in a mess, man. So many things wrong at this football club. Um, even to the point that you pick up to the guys who came down to um the protest that we had um about the Cronkies. I think in total there was about three or four. Um, the big one obviously being the one at Everton where there's about four and a half, five thousand people there. I know Red Cannon was there. I know some of you boys were, were there as well. I was there. Um, and obviously I went to the last one for the home game against West Brom. Disappointing turnout. I, I think there was more people who were prepared to brave the weather to go and buy a new kit in the armory than to come and protest about Kroenke. Um I mean, if if I even take it back to in the second leg against, was it against Villarreal, was it? Um or one of the games we had a protest. I think one of the European nights, and then um, I saw it from two. I saw it from both points of view. Where before I move on to the next thing, guys, where some fans were saying, you know what, get behind the team, support them for the biggest game of the season. So some of the fans were there. They went and clapped and tried to g up the team. But then other people were like, well, no, actually, no. This is supposed to be a protest. These guys don't deserve a round of applause. What have they given us as Arsenal fans this season to be proud of? Nothing. So I could see both sides of the argument. But um, guys, let me come to you starting a big up cannon chatter in the chat. It was a season of two halves. First half was a disaster and Arteta lucky to be there. Second half when the bad influences were, were gone, it got better to a point. Yeah, you know what it is for me, guys? You know you know when I mentioned about the, um, when people were talking about Arteta in Arteta out, right? I'll tell you where Arteta lost it for me where he lost me, sorry, as a fan of Arsenal, the club I love, was when he turned around and said in the press conference about the Cronkies that um, if you got to know them better, you'd be surprised. I couldn't believe what I was... I, I literally almost fell off my chair. Even though for someone like myself who wanted Wenger moved on for the last few years before he actually went, even through Arsene Wenger's faults, he would never have come out and said that. So for Arteta to come out and say that, knowing um, what had happened with the Arsenal fans forum thing, um, Arsenal fans not being happy with the Cronky ownership, for you to come out there and sit there in a press conference and say that if we got to know the Cronkies, you'd be surprised. People thought Mikel Arteta was a puppet to the Cronkies anyway. That, for me, that day when he turned around and said that, I'm done with this guy. I said, you know what? You're not, you don't help yourself anyway with some of your in-game decisions as a, as a coach or a manager. And you definitely don't help yourself with some of the stuff you say in the press. And when I heard that, I said, you know what? This guy, I can't, I can't listen to him anymore. I, I generally can't. I really can't. Um, 
What's that? Robin saying as if we have to invite them in for tea to have more respect for them. It, it, it was, mate, it was, it was bonkers. I could not believe he came out and said that. I mean, I just, it, you know, he would have been better. It's one of them cases, Robin and guys in the chat, where it's better not to say anything than to say what he said. That's how stupid it was. Um, so it's mad, man. Um, guys, tell me what you think about um, transfers. I'm going to go through sort of a little bit. I'm not going to sort of bog down too much of it because sometimes it can overtake your life, <laughs> depending on who you believe. Um, because the thing that makes me laugh, I don't know if you guys agree in the chat, right? Um, obviously, I'm on social media with Twitter and Instagram, particularly Twitter. And you would get some of these Arsenal accounts, right? Or Arsenal fans. They all want to be right. Oh, see, I told you that we was linked with that player. Oh, see, I told you we was going to get him. Oh, see, I told you, I told you, I told you. And I just think to myself, but I don't really care. If there's truth in what is being said about players being linked with Arsenal, then we're likely going to hear it from the likes of, unless you know someone, someone really, really connected with Arsenal, you're not going to know anything. You're not going to know nothing. Um, you know, because uh, at the end of the day, listen, if we get the right profile of player or the right type of player that we need to make this team better, fair play. If it means moving on some of the established players that are here, do it. I don't have any sentiment towards some of these players. This is not the first time I've been saying this. Not the first time I've been saying it. And so, you know what? We've been linked with, Jesus, linked with so many bloody people, man, honestly. So we've been linked with this guy. Let me get him on the screen. Um, we've got the little right back, Zeki Selik. Um, is it Turkish International? 24. Um, Lille win their first league title for 10 years, I believe. Um, I also hear that Tottenham and Manchester United are rumoured to buy this guy. Um, and they're talking about a fee of about £13 million. Now, I don't know too much about this guy. Well, I'll have to do my homework and speak to some of my Turkish brothers and some of the people that watch football outside of just watching Premier League. So I, I look at it this way. Look, Tarek Lamptey's not going to happen. Um, there was interest there back in January, but it's not going to happen. Max Ahrens, I don't know if there's any more sort of truth in that. People talk about Hakimi, that's not going to happen. Um, I just want a fullback, which is very difficult. Who will off, who offers more defensively and defensively than what we have in the moment with Hector Bellerin? But we know that Hector Bellerin is going to be moved on. Where he goes, Real Betis, Atletico, PSG, whoever it is, we just the time has come to a point where both parties need to move on. Hector Bellerin needs to be moved on to another club, um, and that's just my personal opinion. So, guys, tell me what if you know anything more about um, Zeki Selic? Would it be a good option? Um, are there other guys you'd be interested in? Guys, let me know, man, because I do not know too much about this guy. And obviously, the most obvious link is Emi Buendia. We obviously hear that a uh, £30 million offer was put in, I believe, by Arsenal. I believe Villa are interested. I heard the offer was turned down. You know, the, I, you know, the funny thing is, right, with the Buendia thing, right, when Arsenal were linked with this guy originally, um, they were saying that in terms of what Norwich were asking for him, they're saying it was too much. If I'm right, I might be wrong. I think we'll end up paying, if we do get Buendia, we'll end up paying 
the very amount that probably Arsenal and maybe some of the Arsenal fans thought he was too much to pay for. I would take him. People knock the fact that he's played in the Championship and when he came up in the, to the Premier League, the first team, first time Reddit come around and tear it up. That's a bit unfair because no disrespect to Norwich. Um, they're not going to come up into the Premier League and tear it up. When they came up with Daniel Farker the first time round, they literally came up and spent zero money and had to go into the Premier League season with the same players that got them up, which I'll get to a certain point of view. But to sort of use Buendia's numbers that season to discredit him, to me, is snobbery at its highest. To me, I always judge it with midfield players or attacking midfield players or front players, but I would say more so midfield players or attacking players that kind of play a bit of a redrawn role. If you can add to the team double figures in both facets in terms of assists and goals, superb. If you get double figures, it has to be in at least one facet. If you get them in both, fantastic. Was it, if I'm right, guy, drop, drop in the chat if I got this wrong or right. Um, was it, uh, is it 17 goals and 15 assists, was it, or vice versa for, for Windia last season for Norwich? Brilliant stats. At any level of football, that is fantastic. Um, and if he brings something to Arsenal that we don't have already, why would I be complaining? Just because what, he's not a gorgeous, sexy, galactico name who hasn't got 35 million caps for you know, uh, an European country or a top salary. Apparently, he's been recently called up into the Argentinian squad. But listen, I wouldn't be against Buendia signing. Absolutely not. Let me go to the chat before I miss you guys out, man. Lee Catlow, good seeing the chat, bro. Good seeing the chat. Saliba, new signing. Oh, of course, Saliba's coming back. Let me go back down to the... God, you guys are... You guys are... You guys have to thank you guys for the massive, massive interaction, man. Basuma will be an absolute steal if we get him. And you know what? It's weird with the Basuma thing. I don't know if how what how you guys feel about it, but there's a lot of reservation there about him, which I find a bit strange. Um, people all want something to boast about. <laughs> yeah, Robin, honestly, it's like stick your chest out, in it. Jesus, man. Getting away from the usual people that people mention. I like Matty Cash, good shout, Douglas, Louise, Ward Prowse, all hardworking and very good players. Matty Cash Liam, big shout, man. Very, very impressed for him. Um, when I spoke to Chris, who's a Villa fan, on my content during some part of the season, I think Villa bought him for, I think it was £16 million from Forest, was it? Brilliant signing. I would take him at Arsenal in a heartbeat. But with certain sections of our fan base, because he doesn't play in probably Serie A or La Liga, then, you know, or top end, top end part of it, he's not good enough. Need to change that mentality, man. Seriously, good shout, Liam. My chat's lively, man. It's just it gets photographed after the show. But yeah, listen, until I see them in the shirt, I don't believe anything I see, man. Seriously, guys, seriously. Lee Cat, look who it is, <laughs> guys in the chat. I'm gonna big up Holly. I love Holly, even though you're Tottenham fan, Holly. I, I, you know what? I, I can, I can, well, I can't forgive you for that if I'm being totally honest, but. Um, yeah, Holly, big up Holly's channel. People, listen, I know she's she's bought Tottenham, but great content. Go and subscribe to Holly's channel. I've done it. Um, much love to Holly. We need to kick something off um, for England. I know you've checked your calendar and we'll get back to each other and whatever, but saw the England shirt, top quality, like it. As you guys can see in the background over my shoulder, 
Oh, I love that. I love the England. I love retro kits anyway, but I love that England one. I was meant to get it for the last World Cup, but I, I didn't. But um, yeah, love it, man. Love the retro shirts, man. Hashtag Kevin Keegan. Hashtag Trevor Brooking. Big up Albert Mark in the chat as usual. Holly, shush. <laughs> Holly's in the chat. No signing managers. I've had it. Um, I've had enough. I've had enough. Bring the euros on. Yeah, hundred percent. I that's I thought that for the last couple of months, Holly. To be honest, Holly, love is there for you too. Absolutely, absolutely. Grealish for eight million. I've won there for forty. Um, ooh, you know what? I love Grealish. I do, but because Arsenal were cash converters FC, <laughs> um. I would take Bundia as long as we get another central midfield player who's a bit more defensive-minded, personally speaking. Yes, I think Mas Tasibo, is it Masuku? Is it, are you from are you my Kenyan brother, are you? If I've got that wrong, apologies, but big up to Kenya in the chat, man. Much love, man. <laughs> Grealish. Holly, there's more chance of me signing for Tottenham than Grealish coming for Tottenham. You know what? And the funny thing is, you could have got him you could have got him. He's messing around. You could have got him for Villa when they're in the championship. I think they wanted about 25, maybe about 25 mil at the time. Madness. But um, Dorsey, I'm going to come back to your question. Um, now, before I come to, before I come to the England stuff, guys, in the chat, if you guys, like I said, Holly, smash the like button if you haven't already. Because if you haven't, I'm not going to be happy with you. And I'll find out. But um, yeah, I saw a couple more... Um, I'm going to talk about some of the current Arsenal players, actually, not some of the transfer targets, because I could sit here and talk all day. But um, I want to talk about um, Granite Xhaka quickly. I want to get it out of the way. I want to get the elephant out of the room. Um, I don't know if you guys saw. I put out a... Oh, careful. Johannesburg, big up South Africa. Thank you for tuning in, my brother. Thank you. I put out a Fred tweet last week on Twitter about um, Granite Xhaka. Now, the only reason why I'd done it, and it wasn't a bad Fred tweet. I wasn't personal. I was, it was, I'd done it purely on football reasons. I use examples. It was a long Fred tweet, but I needed to do that to sort of get my point across. Um, because what I saw, what ha what I saw happen, and you guys might agree, disagree, was the season's done. Um, I'll give you a small example before I go into what I'm talking about. We play Brighton last game of the season, right? Win the game, whatever. Some fans have obviously stayed, at, stayed outside the stadium to obviously see the players, you know, as they drive off and disappear into the sunset. Some of the players wind down their windows and take pictures and talk to the fans and whatever, right? Um, there was a particular picture with Granite Xhaka after the Brighton game and the Arsenal fans there sort of, you know, in a picture with him. And I saw a few Twitter accounts do it where they went, oh, um, you know, Granite Jack has been asked to play out of position. The Arsenal fans abused him. Oh, he's, you know, look, at great leadership, respect. And I thought, no, 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 no. I'm not having that. I'll tell you why I say that. And let me try and articulate myself the best way I can possible. For guys that saw my Fred tweet as well, is if you rate Granite Xhaka, if you think he's had a good season, or more so, if you think he's had a good game, then he's had a good game. I'm not going to sit here and argue the toss of you, but when you bring up 
him getting online abuse and death threats, what's that got to do with him having a good performance? To me, none of those two things have correlation. So my issue was, was that people were very quick to say, oh, but the fans told him, the fans were giving him online abuse and whatever. Everybody knows what happened that day. But my point was, not every Arsenal fan that was the Emirates that day booed Credit Xhaka. Not every Arsenal fan at the Emirates that day um, was saying abusive things to him. Not every Arsenal fan that has Twitter or Instagram were sending him death threats and some of the most disgusting things ever. I jumped on that straight away and said, look, nobody in their right mind condones that type of abuse. Footballer, lawyer, someone that works in retail, no one deserves that type of and level of personal abuse or death threats. I understand that. But if he has a good game or a poor game, why do I need to jump back to the fact that he had death threats? That makes no sense. He was almost out the door until Mikel Arteta apparently changed his mind or wanted to keep him. What I was kind of... The thing I was kind of sort of trying to get the, get the point across was that I don't understand the whole sort of... Oh, he's had a... He's had a, some people say he's had a great season. Some people say he's had a good season. Some people say we're not the same team of we're not a, we're we're not um, the same without him in a team, which I completely disagree. And a perfect example was we got beat by we got beat by Liverpool. We got stuffed at the Emirates by Liverpool in the Premier League, right? Granit Xhaka wasn't playing. I knew when we lost that game. I knew the narrative that was going to be put out on social media in terms of Twitter and Instagram, particularly Twitter. See, Xhaka was missing. We missed his leadership. We missed his influence. No. What we missed that day was Bukayo Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe. We played Slavia Prague next in the Europa League at the Emirates. We lost. Xhaka, Xhaka played that game, but we was terrible. Arsenal were terrible. Not just Granit Xhaka. The team was terrible. This is why I mentioned I talk about, I, I'm not sure about sections of the fan base. Do they want what's best for Arsenal Football Club or do you want what's best for Granite Xhaka? What's best for Rob Holding? What's best, what's best for Hector Bellerin? Or do you want the best for Arsenal Football Club? Because I don't get that impression. Sentiment FC. We know that Xhaka deep down, even after his better season, his, first, his, his better season in five years at Arsenal is still not good enough. We know he needs to be moved on, but people still want to go and either bring out pie charts and graphics to tell you that he's important to the side. I, I find that completely baffling. I see some Arsenal fans getting more upset the fact that we won't get more than 25, we won't get more than 20, 25 million for him in the transfer window. But they go, oh, he's the captain of Switzerland. I'm like, just because you're the captain of your country doesn't mean you should command a bigger fee. I think Brian Ruiz was a captain of Costa Rica in the 2014 World Cup. Just because he's a captain doesn't mean I think he's a fantastic player. I think he was okay, personally. But Xhaka, I've always said, when we signed him, I wasn't pleased. I've seen him play for Switzerland millions of times. I just saw someone that was ill-disciplined immobile and doesn't suit the Premier League and it's been shown he doesn't he probably will go and, he probably will go and excel in Italy or Spain wherever he goes to 
but the, the, you know, if you want what's best for Arsenal Football Club, drop the sentiment FC title, and that's my thing. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about the Jacker thing. Um, guys, just in the comments. Yo, yo, what's saying, bro? Jack in our Texas is who Arteta was in Wenger's. He's had his best form at the club under the current manager. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I, like I said, what I was kind of saying that um, I think we some not not all yo yo not all Arsenal fans. Let me get that right, but they this this sentiment towards the players. I don't get it. Maybe that's because I've been an Arsenal fan before Arsenal Wenger came to Arsenal. Maybe that's why I don't have that sentiment towards players when they are linked with moves away or people want to defend them blindly sometimes. But that's not me. I I know we need better. Um, it's amazing because people seem to have, they have reservations about Basuma, but are happy to sort of defend Granite Xhaka. Go figure. Make it make sense. Madness. Um, I'll need to upgrade on the Menetrain with Louise Gu let me get that comment out. Sorry, mate. Arsenal to upgrade on the metronome with Luis and Xhaka gone. Arteta has the opportunity to finally replace Santi. Arteta's probably got until Christmas. Um, and that's even before we make any signings. The thing is, I'd be surprised if we get any signings done before the start of the Euros. The Euros starts next Friday. England's first game next Saturday. Um, I think what will frustrate Arsenal fans is if we don't get any business done before the Euros, which I don't think we will get done personally, it's going to ramp up, it's going to build up, the Twitter's going to build up, the Instagram's going to build up, but that's because off the back of two seasons where we finished eighth. Fans want to see change, they want to see movement, they want to see interaction. And when it, the longer it takes to happen and to move some of these guys on, the frustration is going to build up even more. Could you imagine if we don't get Basuma? Wow, Jesus. Um, it's mad. But yeah, guys, what 49 minutes in? Wow. Let, right. I'm gonna stop talking about Arsenal. Um quickly talk about Uber before I move on to England. Guys, drop your questions in, man. Dorsey, I'm gonna ask your question in the outset. Someone dropped a good question in there earlier about England. Holly, if you're still there, drop some questions in. People in the chat, drop some questions about the Euros and the squad and England or whatever. I'll come to that when I come to it. Um Abamyang. Um We've heard rumours that um, I think Matt Law, is it the Telegraph or the Mail, broke a story saying that Arsenal are willing to listen to offers for Aubameyang. My thing is, look, Aubameyang's got a fantastic goal-scoring record. He's carried this team for about two and a bit years with his goals. But last season was just horrendous for a different number of reasons. I get the thing with his mum. They'll get the thing with malaria because that can hit you hard um, if they're saying that he lost the amount of kilos that he lost. But what I would say to that is he didn't have malaria and the issues with his mum, I don't think were the case for the entire season. Um, the problem is you can play him up top in a 4-2-3-1 formation, but he doesn't have the all-round game to lead the line. His finishing is fantastic but his all-round game isn't suited. The all-round game of Lacazette is better to play the 4-2-3-1 formation, but Lacazette's finishing isn't great. And that's the problem. Um, so listen, if Aubameyang moves, if it, if there's any truth in it, if he goes, thank you for your time, Aubameyang at Arsenal. You've been fantastic, but 
you know, there's no time in football for sentiment. It's, it's a ruthless, ruthless business. Players, managers, you know, recruitment. It's ruthless. It has to be. It should be. Um, but then Arsenal have to go and get someone in. Um, people know my thoughts. I'd love to get Edouard from Celtic. Or people mentioned, um, I think it's the guy Dakar, is it? See, people mention, I need to see my home set, my homework on him a bit more. But Abamyang, if the rumors are true, I said this to, to sort of end the Abamyang thing, right? I do not want to be going into the new season with both Lacazette and Abamyang at the club. If it's not going to be Abamyang to go, Lacazette needs to go, needs to be moved on. 100%. That's my own thought. That's my own personal opinion. Um, guys, so yes, I'm going to talk about England now. Um, Dorsey put in the chat earlier, what do I make of the England squad? Let's get this up on screen, people. Um, guys, can I be honest with you? Um, I think normally when it comes to sort of squads for a tournament, it's normally a case of, normally it's 23, I believe, is it normally? I think where it's been made to be a squad of 26, I think it's given Southgate a bit more, how can I put it, margin for error. Um, for audio listeners, I've got an image of the England squad up on screen. Let's go through that. Goalkeepers of Dean Henderson, Johnson of West Brom. Oh, that's not right, is it? Because Nick Pope's in what's, what's happened there? Guys, apologies. I think I've got the wrong, I've got the wrong one up. Let me take that off a minute. Because that's definitely not right. <laughs> what's happened there man but um that's mad but um what i would say is i think where they've been allowed to have 26 it, like i said it gives them a bit, of, a bit more room for margin for error but um my thing is right and i said this about england squads being picked over quite a number of years why is it england seem to pick players key players going into a tournament and they're injured. David Beckham, 2002. Wayne Rooney, 2006. Um, this tournament, we've taken Harry Maguire and Jordan Henderson. I understand they're your first teamers. I understand they're key players. I understand they've got experience. Um, Henderson hasn't played for goodness knows when. Maguire obviously missed the Europa League final. Um, he's had no games of football. I don't know what they're like in terms of how they are in terms of fitness. It's a big gamble. Like England managers do it and it doesn't help, man. Um, that's why some England fans understandably get pessimistic because one, you're taking injured players to a tournament, which a tournament is not a, is not a thing where you take players that are not ready of or half or half cooked to get their fitness in the tournament. I've never heard that before because more than likely is it's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, let me come back to some of the comments. Um, let me see. I'm not trying to read that too much because I want to try and get through this, but it's crazy how many defenders and forwards we have and now a few midfield options we have. Only five and not many options. Uh, Southgate is clearly the wrong man for the job. There are too many fullbacks. He's clearly undecided. Robin, it's crazy how many in, how many defenders forwards we have for England. How we fuming for options we have? Only five are not too different from one another. Um, I mean, Southgate mentioned that he couldn't understand where the rumours came from about Trent not being in the squad because he knew Trent knew from a few weeks ago. So 
I don't know what kind of source reported that because it was wrong, but I'd be lying if I didn't think, if I didn't say that I was shocked to see that he took four right-backs. I was like, wow. I thought Reese James would go. I'm not Carl Walker's biggest fan, personally. I think he is way too error-prone for England and Man City, personally speaking. Um, and he's picked because of his pace and, of course, experience. Um, Trent offers a bit more in terms of, I know he's not great defensively, but going forward in these dead ball situations and his passing ability and free kicks and corners is exceptional. Now he's obviously out of the tournament. Um, I actually think the one player that deserves to actually make the squad anyway, and maybe he might still do, obviously with Trent pulling out, is um, James Ward-Prowse. I think if you don't just concentrate on Southampton's league form this season and just concentrate on how well James Ward-Prowse has been this season, I think he's been excellent. He offers something different. England have got enough in that squad to get goals, to score goals. James Ward-Prowse can offer you that from dead ball in terms of free kicks. He's He's got that little... I won't say I won't say nasty streak, but he's got that side of me. He's a street, he's a street wise footballer, what I would say with him. And for me, he should have been in the squad. Um I think you could even argue a case. I mean, I mean they pick Harry Maguire, but I mean you could have even have argued a case for Ben White or Godfrey going. Because it's a big gamble. I mean, and the thing with John Stones, right? Um, I don't know what you guys are thinking. It'd be interesting to know what you guys think. When I watch John Stones play for, for club and country, um, the problem with him is you can have a defender that plays in the back four or a back three that might make a mistake. It, ha it happens. It happens. Strikers miss chances. Goalkeepers make errors. The difference with when I see John Stones play is he just, he just, he just doesn't make an error. He has a nightmare game. Um, I mean, the Champions League final, I, I thought he put in a really poor performance. Um, if it wasn't for Diaz, but he actually has had, for me, I think he's had a good season. I mean, I had a sort of, not a debate, but where I spoke to one of my boys said that he thought John, John Tones had been okay this season. I thought, no, I thought that he's been, that's a bit unfair. I thought he's been a, been a bit bit better than okay. Um, you know, I would give Diaz credit, obviously, but I won't give Diaz purely credit for Man City season defensively because Pep always changes his bloody fullbacks. Um, it's not Cancelo, it's Walker. It's not Walker's Cancelo. If it's not Zinchenko, it's Mendy. If it's not Mendy, Zinchenko. And then you've got Stones and um, Diaz, who formed a great partnership. You know, there's a point in, at the time last season where I think they went 14, 15 games without conceding the goal when them guys started the centre-backs. Crazy stat. But yeah, Stones worries me. I just think if you're going to pick John Stones, which you will do, but you've got an injured Harry Maguire, how's that going to work? You've left yourself short in terms of defenders. Um, so, I, I, I listen, I, like I said, I think James Wall-Prowse should have been in. I don't get why you would have... If you're going to take Trent, you don't need to take Trippier, Walker and Reese James. That makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Um, and yeah, you had, you had Watkins, Lingard, um, who were the other ones. As well as Jesse Lingard's done, in his recent stint at West Ham, I personally wouldn't take him. I wouldn't take him out of James Ward-Prowse from the squad that I've seen personally. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a... Yeah, I, it's, it's not an awful squad. I just think there's a couple where I would have liked to have seen them play 
and obviously Trent's out now, so which is which is gutting for him. Um, but yeah, guys, drop in the chat, man. I want to see get me some more questions. I'm gonna wrap up soon, man. 59 minutes in, man. Jesus, guys, big up to you guys in the chat. Um, big up to coming up for the live stream and dropping in your interaction. Um, brilliant. But guys, a little after this little intro, we'll get back in and finish off the podcast. And there you have it once again, people. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Guys, I'm going to wrap up so to, to drop in your virtual hugs and high fives and waves because um, I've done an hour. That's not too bad, man. I don't want to say too much more about England only because I've got my show coming up very soon next week um, to talk about England and the Euros and I'm going to get some fantastic guests on, man. Um, it's going to be a long show. and I wanted to do it before the first game, which is Italy versus Turkey, which is a really good game to open up the tournament with. Really good game. Um, so I don't want to say too much about England. I want to, want to touch on it a little bit. But guys, big up to you guys in the chat. Yo, yo, Mark, Robin, Holly, Agambar's in there. Um, Shane's in there. Who else is in there? Lee Catlow's in there. Liam Kennedy, Sideline Talk podcast. <coughs> guys, baby, let me get a little drink, man. Cannon Chatter's in there. Ah, that was needed. But yeah, England squad, um, like I said, to wrap it up, no major surprises. Like I said, I think there's still time for James Wall-Prowse to get in because um, the injury to Trent Alexander-Arnold, which did not look good at the time. Um, so I would personally take James Wall-Prowse. I think it would make sense. I think he offers something different to the midfield. Um but yeah, sorry, I want to talk about one more person, obviously. How can I forget my, my young buck, our young buck as Arsenal fans? Massive plaudits to Bukayo Saka, man. Um, getting his first England goal on international duty for 1-0 win against Austria. I actually thought him and Grealish were, were good. I thought it was very good, actually. I thought Saka deservedly, I think, got mad in the match, I believe. Am I also here before I came onto the live stream? Um, I think about two hours ago, Saka was named Arsenal Player of the Year, which is fully deserved. Absolutely fully deserved. And I'm glad I'm glad you, you guys reminded me of Saka actually. I, what I want to get you guys' opinion on quickly before I go is I never signed up to this whole for him to be rested and hope he doesn't go and or you know, I I wouldn't be too disappointed if he doesn't get picked for the England squad. I'm going to flip it another way. I remember for quite a number of years when I used to watch England play, um, Arsenal used to have some very good England representation. But that's going back a long, long time ago. I.e. the likes of Sol Campbell, Ashley Cole and a few others. In recent years, we've been starved at the England national team of having England players represent, to having Arsenal players represent, represent England. We finally have a fantastic player on our hands at our club who, for me, deserved to be picked. Do I think he was going to get picked? No. I think possibly, and I might be wrong, I think if Mason Greenwood wasn't injured, I'm not sure Saka would have gone, but I'm glad he's been picked. I think he deserves it. I think he offers England something in multiple different positions. 
Um, fantastic ball carrier, great body strength, great final ball into the box. Needs to work on his finishing, but that should hopefully come. He's not a natural finisher, you can see that. But to me, he should have scored a lot more goals than he scored for Arsenal last season. But Saka, I'm glad he's gone. I, I don't sign up to the thing about you. But listen, footballers can get injuries at any time. Um, I don't ex expect Saka to play every game in the Euros. Of course I don't. But he absolutely deserves a chance. And yeah, I, I never signed up to the whole, you know, he if he misses England squad, I'd kind of be happy. No, 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 no. I Because I, I get it as an Arsenal fan why you would say that. But at the same token, um, I look at it from Bukayo Saka's point of view, who's a young footballer, who's a very good footballer, by the way, who wants to go and play in a major tournament for his country. Absolutely, he should go. Absolutely. But guys, that is me done. Albert Talks podcast episode is come to an end. We are an hour and four minutes in and counting. I want to big up to you guys in the chat. Um, smash the like button, like I say. Hit that notification bell for my content comes out. And like I said, um, subscribe to the channel. So guys, big up to you guys in the chat. Um, like I said, I didn't want to say too much about England because I have a big show coming up next week and a lot of content over the Euro period, Euro 2020 period, and trying to fit that in between getting a new job now. Um, so um, I've got up until the 21st until I start my new job. Um, so before that, I can squeeze in some previews and reviews. Um, I'll be doing some watch-alongs as well. And um, I'm looking forward to working with the wider football community, not just Arsenal. So there's a lot of people that I've asked, I've got on board to come on. So I'm looking forward to absolutely can't wait. It's going to be great um, to get some good content out there again. Yes, um, it's been a while since I've done a live stream. Like I said, the last time I've done a live stream was Newcastle in the Premier League. But like I said, man, I needed a break from Arsenal, man. Seriously, in the Premier League and transfer talk. I even I won't get caught up too much with that. Um like I said, until I see the Arsenal players in the shirt, not interested. But guys, let me drop, let me go into the comments before I log off. Guys, you guys are you guys are good, man. Much love to you guys, man. DWC, Gary's in there, Robin, yo yo. Um, I saw you else I see in the chat. Let me see. Mark was in there, Shane, Holly, big up to all you guys, man. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Um, look out for my content um for the Euros. Um, big guest coming up, like I said. So, people, that is me, Albert JTV, over and out. Hashtag another episode of Albert Talks podcast. Over and out. Mm.